Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host today, the five-star man, Asa Gray. And joining me at this time is the Big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo! Dalton, normally this is the part of the show where I'm like, Dalton, how are you doing? But I'm going to skip that because I want to do something a little different this week. It's been a couple weeks since we've been. It's our first week back in like two weeks because COVID took my ass out. So just on the off chance that there's anybody listening for the first time, because we're covering so much this week that maybe more people are just going to be so hungry for news and reviews and stuff like that, that maybe they're just clicking on whatever they can find. To give you just a little bit of context for who we are and why you might give a shit about what we have to say, which I mean, I wouldn't, but you're here, so you may as well. Uh, Dalton and I have been friends since 2013. We have been, yeah, that did hurts you, doesn't it? <laughs> that was that was that was a gut punch. Also, the you number... keep talking. I'm gonna turn my ceiling fan off really quick because my like audio's like it's not peaking, but I'm getting like mm-hmm. weird lines I'm not used to. So I'm gonna mute my microphone. You keep talking. But yes, yeah, since 2013 at JC fucking Penny. Yeah, we were working at JC Penny. Uh, we met there. We we became friends because I randomly overheard Dalton say the word Nightwing, and I was like, oh, we're talking about Nightwing. Uh huh. We have been podcasting together for like seven years, um, probably 20, maybe eight. Uh, seven years, twenty sixteen, because I had just nope twenty fifteen, eight years, um, because I was just about to start my big boy job at the time, and it was my ceiling fan. So that first like minute and a half of audio, guys, I'm sorry on my end. That was my fault. I can see if I can work something down in the background whenever you send it to me. Yeah. So yeah, we've been we've been podcasting together for that long. And then we've also been working in wrestling. Dalton is an actual professional wrestler. I do commentary and backstage interviews and help with production, things like that. And we have been doing that for six years now. We started, we both started in the business together doing the same thing in 2016. So that's seven years. Our first show that like got published Mm -hmm. on Fight, that was also the first show we ever did together for that. Um that was in 2016 i would say like midsummer of mm-hmm. 2016 um so then, six seven years yeah somewhere and then in there. my first match was august 11th 2018 the posters <laughs> behind me it's that one right there so i was like i can yeah so my five-year anniversary was of Last actually month. my first match yeah it was like less than a month ago um yeah no nice. man time is fucking with us we both don't have hair anymore when we both met asa had a gorgeous head of hair i was holding on um you you were hanging on there for dear life i'm also younger than you that's my favorite part because like every person and so so like and this is just the you get to know us since there's a lot of news that people probably want to hear random wrestling podcasts about um i am a couple years younger than asa but if you ever met us in person especially pre both of us not having hair everybody was just like oh so asa's definitely younger than dalton like that's always been a thing, and I'm just like, nope, actually the exact opposite. <laughs> the phrase the phrase that is often brought up by a lot of people who ha- make that assumption is, oh, so you were road hard and hung up wet. That's just I've heard it thrown out there a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it. A lot of people are saying it. <laughs> Especially about me, apparently. <laughs> but, but there uh, is a, oh only about you. But like you said, there is a whole lot of news to talk about. Um some very very unfortunate news oh, some but but really quick before we get into anything yeah if, if you are new here fucking welcome uh hope hope welcome to our little wrestling family for the next hour uh and also if you aren't new here why 
You knew what you were getting into. This is yeah. you have yourself to blame. Yeah, Dylan. Uh, j- firsthand, happy you get to hear us again. I know you've missed us, maybe, I hope. <laughs> Man, I really hope. Um, but uh, no, like, if you're new here because of every fucking wild thing that's happened in the world of wrestling in the last couple weeks, thanks for showing up. Um, hopefully you enjoy what we have to say. We do things a little bit different on this show compared to some others. And we hope you, you kind of jive with it. Well, one of the things that we do different is we start every episode with the power of positivity because the internet can be such a cesspool of unnecessary toxicity and negativity. We want to do our part to try to lessen that. So this is just an opportunity for us to say something positive about the world of pro wrestling. Someone that makes us happy, some a match that we really liked, a wrestler that we really like, a segment a vlog the majority of mine end up being like up up down down or ethan page vlog bits or danhausen um and we encourage you to do the same to go on uh xavier woods today which obviously we stole power of positivity from the new day but xavier woods even was like hey tag your favorite wrestler just say something nice about someone and that's the kind of energy that we want to put out there with this segment so mine is going to be a little backdoor, sneaky little news story, too. <laughs> You're pulling uh, me. <laughs> I am. I'm pulling you. Uh, mine goes to Gunther. Because his match with Chad Gable on Raw was... I loved it. Mm-hmm. It, was it was so much fun. Good. I love Chad Gable. I kind of want to tie him into this as well. But with that win, Gunther has offic- like officially is now the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Um... He has, Gunther was someone that I was not particularly a big fan of for Mm -hmm. a long time, pretty much up until the main roster run, really. And he totally turned me around on him. Uh, He's putting on just such great matches to the point that with the, because not only is he the longest reigning champion, but it's not like, Remember when Dean Ambrose set the record for the U.S. champion and he had, like, three total defenses? Yeah. This is this is a, I gotta think, one of the best Intercontinental Championship reigns ever. Oh, it's up there. Like, it has to be. Like, um, this, this reign, not only is it historic and record-setting, but, like, the matches he has been putting on with, like, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and Chad Gable and just, you name it, has been great so like to me the top when you think of the top intercontinental champions ever there's three names that really stand out to me personally okay it's the miz it's chris jericho and it's macho man randy savage okay now obviously there's also like ultimate warrior um mr perfect like there's a ton of other names you could yeah to me personally like those are the three um and but like Man, Gunther is up there now. Like, even on just one reign, like, alone, he has been doing such amazing work. He's been putting on such amazing matches. His character has been so consistent. Like, holy hell, what a run this has been. So just, like, kudos to Gunther. Kudos also to Chad Gable for uh, the match on Monday. But, hell yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, My power of positivity is going to the um, all-out post-media scrum. In one spot in particular, um, and it was Danielson, like just his whole like, go back and watch Brian Danielson's like post media scrum at All Out because it was the most like just positive, wholesome. Thing. Yeah, it was the sweetest thing in the world, and like 
there was some heartbreaking moments. Like I did not like him being like my, my six year old said, you're going to stop wrestling. But I did not like that. Cause that mm-hmm. made me feel bad. Cause I'm like, well, you better not stop wrestling by next year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just but what about that. what I want? Yeah. But like, but yes, me as a 30 year old man, I need to keep enjoying you as a worker. Um, no, like the way he talked about wrestling and the way he talked about AEW and especially with some of the shit that's going to get brought up later in the show it was really nice to see someone talk about being like, no, like me and Moxley really like we do take being the people that Khan can lean on very seriously. And like, we are those people and Claudio and like Yuta and putting those guys over. And then like, just some of the things he said of just like, John Moxley is probably the best wrestler on the entire planet. Unless you're also talking about orange Cassidy, which I think there's an argument to be made. And, like, somebody like Danielson, and again, Orange Cassidy is, like, just Danielson's willingness to put over everybody in a not-selfish way and being just, like, he, I feel like he is the person that just truly respects what this is all about. And, like, as the person, like, I think that Danielson is probably the best wrestler of our generations. Like, from 2008 to now consistently i think danielson is the best wrestler that we've got to see in that time frame um and for him to be like well i think it's moxley but also if you told me it was orange cassidy right now i really couldn't argue that with you and it's just like man that per like he and again in those post media scrums where you have the people that do full character and then you have these dumb fucks can't run a target like to have the person do a real conversation about it and not be shitty is like, it's weird that the bare minimum of being a decent human is what I'm like. That's what makes me happy this week. But I thought, so I thought you were going to, when you said the scrum, I thought there was going to be two specific moments and I was wrong on both of them. Oh, Uh, I mean, yes. Christian also sitting down and saying, how's everybody's father doing tonight? Yes. That also got me. Um, That was, that was my one, but I also thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be when Danielson was leaving and he almost fell off the stage. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause he was just like, that would be my luck. Have a, have a strap match, not get injured, get break my leg going off the stage. And Tony's face when he was just like, no, no, I I can't. Didn't I, I think I sent you a text being like TK was five inches away from having to hire punk back. Like it was going to be a whole conversation. Um, no, I loved that, though. Uh, just so you know, because we also talked about this, uh, and this is going to get buried. Like, I'm not going to be able to talk about this until right now. My runner-up mm-hmm. for Powers of Positivity is Claudio Casagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think they did one of my favorite promos I've ever seen. By the way, when we do our end-of-year awards, which fans, by the way, if you're new here, check us out at the end of the year so you can hear our thoughts of what we loved in wrestling. My two favorite promos are both going to come from Collision. I think it was Collision. Um the one from last week where it was just like, congrats, Eddie, you beat Wheeler Yuta, European uppercut. We do that to him every day, European uppercut. Mm. I, cause like, it was hilarious and nobody laughed. Like it was, it was Roadhouse. It was unintentionally funny. Um, that, and then also the collision promo with Christian Cage of just like his daughter. Can I hold your title belt? Did you win this? Run her down. Go go find your mom. Second she gets mm-hmm. off camera. Security, she doesn't have the right credentials. Kick her out. I don't know why. Kick her out of the arena. <laughs> like, not even of the backstage <laughs> area. Of kick the her arena. out of the arena. <laughs> no, you can't just hold a championship you, you didn't, didn't win, win with a TNT title on his shoulder. Oh, I love it. 
Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Danielson and then, ah, Blackpool Combat Club. We have a new, all, as a whole. Yeah, like, we have a new international champion. All hail Moxley. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, that is it. So, if there's something in the week of wrestling you liked, let us know what it is. Uh, hit us up. Ron, Twitter, nerdiest part, uh, or threads, or Instagram, any of that. Or just send something nice out, tag someone, and just be like, hey, what you're doing is cool. Uh, moving on to the news of the week, uh, there's only two stories, uh, just because these were the two. Other stuff has happened. Um, we will obviously be talking about CM Punk, but we're going to tie that in to when we talk about All In, because for this episode, we are going to do All In. We're going to talk a little bit about All Out. We're going to talk a little bit about Payback, um, and then the Wrestling with Articulation action figure stuff at the end of the show. But the two actual just what I'm considering like a news story, just because it didn't really tie into anything else like the punk situation did, um, is going to be the passing of both Terry Funk and uh, Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt. Because what a one-two punch of just it's fucking bullshit. Suck. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's not much you can say. I was a uh, terry funk was before my time as a wrestler um i haven't really gone back to like really kind of which the way people talk about him in general has always made me curious because when i think terry funk i think of terry funk in like the early 2000s and like chainsaw charlie and just yeah. like the ecw kind of just well, deathmatch it- stuff which isn't really my jam but, like, when when I hear people talk about him and, like, he's the greatest of all time, it's like, I really need to do homework. I need to go back and I need to watch, like, his NWA stuff, his his older stuff. Because I know I'm missing out. Like, I'm aware that I'm missing out. It's yeah. just like, man, fuck me because I waited for him to pass before I finally do that. Yeah, and I'm not in, like, and Asa, like, you can attest that I know a lot more about him. Because yes. he's he's one of my favorites. Like mm-hmm. I have always loved Terry Funk. We've, um, we it was one of the like I remember I distinctly remember I don't remember where we were driving. It may have been, it might have been in one of the stride shows like early where we were driving riding together. Mm-hmm. Of just like I remember you talking about him and you even said something along the lines of like oh you can make an argument that Terry Funk is the greatest of all time. Yeah, and that was just like and to me and like not being disrespectful, but I was just like really. Oh yeah, like that's I, just because because you had watched so much more, you knew so much more than yeah. I do. Um, and it's it's such a bummer. Uh, because like I love Terry Funk. Um, I have such a regrettable story about Terry Funk. He was at Cape Comic Con. We're Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, we have a Comic Con, a yearly Comic Con in twenty sixteen. Um, because I had just met Shannon with uh PZ eighty five that year before, so it had been twenty sixteen. Um, I was working at this shitty store that doesn't exist anymore Hastings and we had a booth and right behind us was Terry Funk and it's I was always a fan of his like I I started watching him I think early 2000s I watched his ECW in the 90s stuff because that's when it, how YouTube was working for me and then you hear like Joey Styles talk about the great lineage of Terry Funk and I was a nerdy kid in high school that really didn't do anything besides work so I like YouTube had everything back in the day because not everything <laughs> was being DMA stri- or DMC strike what was it DMCA. Uh, DMCA. I was, I had all the letters, just not at the same time, um, where you could watch everything. So like, I think my freshman year of high school, 
I pretty much like watched every great match that Terry Funk had had that you could watch on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And like, I just grew such a great, so I was like 14, 15 at the time. I grew such a great appreciation for him. And like the people like our generation of wrestling fans that know him are just like his stuff with uh, FMW at in Japan and ECW and like the hardcore stuff he did. And they really do like that was in the nineties. He had already had a 30 year wrestling career by that point, which is crazy to think like, about like was, how he ramped up yeah, the stuff that like, he was doing. Everybody wants to like Chris Jericho is the person that has reinvented himself so many times, but like, dude, Terry Funk was read like he, I, it might've been the Bruce Pritchard podcast uh, where it was just like, no, like the last true outlaw of professional wrestling was Terry Funk. And he was, he was a territory guy. He was NWA champion, whenever that meant something where it was like, I'm going to spend so much time here. And then I'm going to go to the next town over like the next territory and work there. And he did all that shit. He, he had he held the NWA title. He was a, and again, it was, I think Conrad Thompson on that show said he is your favorite wrestlers, favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like the people that know Terry Funk, like I hold Terry Funk in a regard that everybody holds Ric Flair in because their careers are very parallel, except for the fact that Terry Funk did not get on national television nearly as much as Ric Flair did. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and this is really dumb for me to like the big reason why I'm such a big Terry Funk fan. He was in Roadhouse, which is the movie I was named after. So like that hit a little bit harder for me. Like I made the Facebook post of just like, man, when I think of like all time red asses of just like the redneck Mount Rushmore of just badass Southern people, it's Dale Senior, and it's like Terry Funk, <laughs> and and I'm not even being cute when I say that. Like, um, he is an all time great for me, and it like. You, you knew it was going to happen. He was 79 years old. He was dealing with, like, he had multiple health issues. And he's also a person that just killed his body for a year. I think his last match was, like, in 27... Nah, maybe not 2017. Can you Google that for me? His last match was not that long ago. And his first match was in 1965. My mother wasn't even born yet during his first match. Um, uh... And- uh, Funk wrestled another 20 years. He participated in his final matches on September 22nd and 23rd, 2017. Oh, it was teaming 2017. With the Rock, te- teaming with the Rock and Roll Express against Jerry Lawler, Brian Christopher, and Doug Gilbert. Fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and again, say what you will about matches like that, but that is that is the most Terry Funk thing you could have said. Um, oh, but yeah, anyway, um, back to the Hastings story. I was standing behind him for two whole days and it was me and another guy that was working. That's not a wrestling fan. And I was like, it was my hero was sitting five feet from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I said hi to him one time and Asa, you've met me. You know how socially great I am. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I made it look like I was trying to find a Funko pop in the back of the like stock area that we had. Like, cause it was like a row and then another row. I was trying to find something and I Mm -hmm. like kicked his chair by accident, but just hard enough for him to notice it. Just so we could turn around and be like, oh, man, I am so sorry. Oh. By the way. Yeah, no, pretty much. I was like, oh, my God, by the way, I'm, like, such a huge fan of yours. Like, I've watched all of your NWA stuff. He was so cool. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, thanks. Like, he was so so nice about it. And I was like, man, I wish, like, if if it would be, like, now where, like, I've done the wrestling thing and I actually know, like, how to address people like that, Mm -hmm. I would have actually tried to talk to him. But, like, 
I like we haven't even like we weren't even there was no local independence in our area yet or anything like that. So like we weren't used to being around wrestling stars really outside yeah. of like maybe a meet and greet. And it's just like it sucks because like Terry Funk's like one of my all times. Um, but he, he got to live to 79. He has probably one of the most illustrious wrestling careers that you'll never hear about, which sucks. But like if you get a chance, go back and watch Terry Funk matches and like watch everything. Watch what he did with Onita in Japan. It's gross, but the motherfucker <laughs> could tell a story. Um, watch his stuff in the 80s in the WWF. Go watch his stuff with NWA and uh, Texas Territories in the, the 60s and 70s. He was so good at telling a story, and I think that's why his deathmatch stuff was so good. Because, like, yeah, it had the giant... Because, the- again, deathmatch at that time wasn't just light tube, light tube, light tube. Like, was there shit that probably shouldn't be happening to a human body? Yes, but they were still also to tell a whole story around it. Watch The Dark Side of the Ring with uh, FMW. And you will hear, like, Onita talk about Terry Funk. And about, like, the heat they were able to get in the early 90s in Japan as a white dude. Like, he was the fucking best. And it, he, he got to live to be 79. He had, a like, he did get the flowers he deserved. He's, a very, he's one of the most well-respected wrestlers of all time. Um, inducted in the hall of fame yep multiple hall of fames not just the wwe one yeah um, true. like he is the fucking best um and it sucks that we lost him but at least he got to give, live like a very good hearty life and got to see like his fans were able to give him what he gave them mm-hmm. yeah that's give him the re- like give him yeah they his fans were able to give back what he gave to the business there you go like it it he got what he gave Mm-hmm. And the respect that he got from, like, the fans and the wrestling world as a whole. Yeah. So, it, it like you said, it sucks. Anytime someone dies, it sucks. Like, no matter, you know, like you said, you're, you're right. He did live a long life, especially a, for a wrestler. Just a wrestler. Yeah, just a wrestler he lived a long life. But then you count in the shit he was doing in his 50s and 60s. That's whenever he mm-hmm. was doing hardcore shit. And it's just like, he lived at almost 80. Yeah. Like, fucking so. nuts. Uh, and then, of course, like we mentioned earlier as well, um, we also lost Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda. Uh, this one, he was 36. Um, he had, he was on TV and then he got taken away. Um, we knew it was like there was an illness. We didn't really know what happened. Um like just we I say we know it, but it was just it's like reports coming out from like Fightful yeah. and, and Meltzer and stuff. Um, undisclosed illness. Fightful just a couple weeks ago, like had run a story that he was doing so much better. He was even maybe getting close to getting cleared to return. Um, you know, there weren't creative plans in place yet, but like the the trajectory was good. Um, and then Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. Uh, did say he was given permission to announce that. So he had COVID, which had exacerbated a previous existing like heart condition, had made it worse. And then when he passed away, it was actually due to a a sudden heart attack. So uh, it is absolutely tragic. Um, I am a big fan of Bray Wyatt as a performer. Um, from the, even like the, the new Nexus, the Ferrari engine in a German tank 
Like, I don't remember the exact line that they used for him, but, like... I think I they said he was... I think he was, like, a tank with a Ferrari motor or engine. Yeah. I think that's how they said it, yeah. And it was... And it fit, because he was so explosive. Like, even, you know, then when he was... Uh, Husky Harris. Yeah. I... You know, I thought that was kind of like, it's like, oh, he's got a, an interesting look to him. He's got, uh, he moves well. Like I was, I was into it. Um, but then when he came in as Bray Wyatt in NXT, holy shit, just all bets are off. And like that this... was going back to how we met. Mm-hmm. Like we bonded over that era of NXT so hard. Yeah. And Bray was a big reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and so was Harper and Rowan as yeah. well. Um, which like, man, you think about, we lost Brody and I say we, like we had any real connection, but like as fans we did, um, and it's just, but like, obviously we we didn't know either of them, but like when Brody passed, man, that was so sudden. And I, I really hate how similar these deaths are. Yeah. Because like it, I, it's not one-to-one and they didn't die from the same thing. And I, I know that, but like. Brody had the dog collar match with Cody. All right, mm-hmm. well, Brody's injured. He's going to have to take some time off. All right, cool. He was going pretty hard in the paint, and he, he was also 41. Like, that's not super old, but, like, he's a tall... Like, dude probably needs to rest his body. Yeah. Because he just came off the WWE schedule, and that was in October of 2020, and then um, December 26th, we get the news that he died. And, like, nobody knew that it was that bad. Yeah. We just knew that it he was... was- yeah, it was just, it was another thing where he was on his the exercise bike and then just it, it started there and just was downhill so quick. Um, but yeah, you're you're it, it, it's I hate like you like you said, like I agree, like it's the same thing of just like, man, I can hate how similar they are, how young they are. They're both leaving behind children yeah. and, and spouses. And um, I the thing that strikes me, though. And that really not the thing that kind of not makes it worse, but on the one hand, it's also like so nice to see is I don't know if you watched it, but the but WWE put out that like 30 minute video of the superstar, like of the, the oh, wrestlers, yeah. the superstars. Like, yeah, no, I did. Giving I, your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I ruined my Sunday doing that. Um, but like how all of them just were like, yeah, I'm sitting here and every, obviously everyone knows how good Bray Wyatt was as a storyteller and as a wrestler and the ideas that he had and the stuff that he came up with. But like, they all wanted to go out of their way to talk about how nice he was, how good of a person he was, how much he loved his kids. Like, you know, the, um, Oh, fuck. I can't remember who it was. It was someone that was, like, there just to be an extra. Um, And it was... And he was just, like, he was one of the people that actually, like, went up to them and said hi. And talked oh, to yeah. them. To, like, I, I saw that, too. Fuck, who was that? And I, then... Yeah. There was another story. I, I can't believe I'm blanking on who is the one saying these. Um... Of just like they were brought in as an extra and they pulled him in to do like Undertaker had Bray like practice a drill with him of just like, oh, I'm just so I'm just eating these like running cannonball splashes in the corner. 
And then he gets signed and he joins WWE. And then when he goes to introduce himself, he's like, oh, you probably don't remember me. I, you know, he's like, no, I know who you are. <laughs> like, well, welcome, welcome aboard. Like, and it's just, you know, because the, you know, he, he was just that nice of a person. Yeah. And it, it's very similar to like kind of the stories that you heard about Brody yeah. that people told of. It's just like, yes, obviously immensely talented, but it's the the person that they are more than the performer that they are. And man, this one, this one hurts yeah, so bad. Like, like, and that's what I was kind of getting at with the Terry Funk thing. Like I, we're both really big Wyatt fans. We always mm -hmm. have been like, were there times in Wyatt's run where it was unideal and we weren't big fans of it? Yes. But it's because we saw what could have been. And there was so many times where that was taken from us, but just Bray on his own like um the major wrestling figure podcast they said it best like they were in a group like they were talking about it and i don't know if it was hawkins or Ryder that said it but they were just like you know how lucky you have to be to like luck into one million dollar idea in wrestling and bray had like three yeah like because it was the wyatt family um firefly funhouse firefly funhouse and fiend fiend like, you know how, like, like they were like, no, that was, like, one of the most creative people that you could be around. And then Myers was, like, talking about, like, well, I mean, whenever he started, I was there at FCW during his first days. He's like, I tr like I always thought of Bray the same way I thought of MJF. Yes, I'm aware of how great he is, but that's just not who he is to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. I love that he was like, and it's cool hearing stuff like that of just, like, no, like, the person over the performer was just, like, apparently just the greatest fucking human in the world. But you lose somebody in the prime of their life. Like, 36, like... We are both not far from that shot. Like we're yeah. both like we're both pretty close to thirty six, and to be in the prime of your life and uh, like we we're both fortunate. We just have girlfriends and cats. Like we got those. We don't have children that we have to worry about. Like he had four kids and he had a fiance, and it's just like and that's most importantly that that's what is the biggest fucking bummer about all of this is the family that's left behind. And, um, secondary to that is just like, we lost probably one of the most creative people that wrestling has seen in the last 30 years of just the shit he came up with. Selfishly. I'm so mad. We're not going to get to see what, like the payoff for the uncle. Howdy Howdy, stuff. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and I get like, obviously that is so far below like any, like it's so low yeah. on like the priority, but it is just that sense of like, he had so much ahead of him. And like, I've been the, uh, I've been he, listening to his entrance music the mm -hmm. last couple days. And I think shatter might shatter and the fiend, uh, the hurt heel, like those two, I think are like, uh, broken out in love is great. Like, I'm not saying there's a bad one. But, like, the Shatter might be my favorite. Oh, see. Like, and it, but it goes to, and you, the, it, I wanted to say this because you mentioned, like, the fans got to experience, like, the fans kind of got to give back to Terry Funk what, a, a fraction of what he gave to the fans yeah. as a performer. And I, it, man, his, his return promo that he gave on SmackDown, um, before, you know, they didn't really do any of the storytelling stuff. It literally was just like him coming out 
and you could tell how emotional it was for him. You know, to lose your dream job, to get released, even though you're making the company a billion fucking dollars, uh, but to get cut, uh, and then to get to come back. You get the, the, the White Rabbit stuff with the, the QR codes and all of that, like, all of that, and then for, um, I don't remember the pay-per-view, but whatever, the, the when Royal he Rumble. came back. Oh, wait, are you talking about no, Pitch Black? No, 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 I mean the, when he debuted back. Okay, like, that was when Extreme his, Rules. Yeah, because it was after the uh, Riddle-Rollins fight pit yes. match. And now the lights go out and then just the the puppets and the mask showing up and just like the excitement that, oh, okay, it's real. He is, it is him. He's back. And then to like almost not even follow up on a story beat, like they ended it with the Uncle Howdy stuff, but like that promo that he cut on SmackDown of just like how much the fans meant to him because once he was released and losing Brody and losing, um, he had another friend pass away, um, and just like have the hand, the fans interacting with them and them telling him how much he meant to them. Like, it's just, it hits so different now that he's not here. So, but it is something that I'm like, I'm so glad we did get to see that. I'm so glad he got to experience that. Because, you know, I mean, you you would know more than me, obviously, but, like, there's a sense of just, like, this is the coolest fucking thing in the world. Like, getting to be in front of people in that capacity. Um, Even when you're playing a character, even when you're not necessarily you. Like, obviously, Dalton Manch and Dalton Anthony are two very separate people. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Wyndham Rotunda and Bray Wyatt are two entirely different people. Uh, you know so what? I'm you... gonna I'm gonna argue that. I really hope that he's doing the muscle man dance like he was doing that just <laughs> on his free time. Uh, that popped up on my TikTok a couple days after he died, and I was just mm-hmm. like, "Fuck!" He really was just the fucking total package. And yeah. for whatever reason, like, yeah, he. I mean, unfortunately, like, in in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't matter. Like, he was a he was a person. He was a great performer. He did get a couple of world title runs, and like he probably has some of the most memorable characters in wrestling. Oh, 100%. Like, and it was all the same person. Like, it wasn't like he was not shitting on his dad. It's not mm-hmm. like he was IRS and then whatever the IR, whatever they called him in WCW, which is a blanking right now. Like, and he didn't go through it was, it was Wall all, Street. Yeah, Wall Street, thank you. It was all Bray Wyatt but it was all mm-hmm. different variations of the character that he came up with. And it all made sense. Yeah. Like and it was like, the, was... you know, and granted, like, yeah, obviously like not everything was a home run. Like, you know, we could, you could look at anybody's career. There's stuff you can pick at and be like, Oh, well this wasn't very good. Or this yeah, he was had, weird. He or, had you know. maggots show up on his, uh, the ring. Apron, <laughs> uh, yeah. One time. <laughs> um, but like, but it's just, it, he was so creative. And so I, re- I distinctly remember, how long we talked about that first Firefly Funhouse of just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What is, are you, what? This is so weird, but like also so cool. It was so and fucking kind of dark, but like, I cannot wait to see where this goes. And it just, it, oh, it, it it's so good. And yeah. he seemed like, you know, from the stories that people told, like he was just a genuinely great person who is leaving behind 
four children, I believe. Yeah, and, I believe and four. Uh, a partner. So, man, it just it's such a gut punch. My heart breaks for his family. My heart fucking breaks for uh, Redbeard and Strowman. Yeah. Dude, like, I like both of them uh, like 100 percent. My fucking Rowan, man, that sucks. Having to be on two different memorial shows in like for people that are two years you know, time that are way too young to to have to have that and you it's, know that it was the people he was traveling with and like and like it just has to like it has to suck those those yeah. three had to have been like family like yeah. the way that they all like the way that brody would talk about everybody and the way that everybody talked about brody like you know that was like the people like he was closest to in the business and yeah. they're both gone and they both were gone before the age of 41 Mm-hmm. Like it fucking sucks. Um, but it is also like a testament of how good he was. And I think I, maybe I was talking to you whenever I had the realization I was talking about some match and it was like, I don't remember what match it was, but it was something really cool and creative and like a really great fucking match. And I was like, he was in his fucking mid twenties because mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt was around for 10 years. Yeah. Like he was at, there was at no point that I didn't think that the Wyatt family wasn't a top thing that could have been. And for the most part, when they started and they were always taken somewhat seriously. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, dude, he was 26 when they debuted on the main roster. And it was a big deal from then until 2020, whenever Brody got let go. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, Bludgeon Brothers, I guess, but he was doing Fiend at that point. So, like, it didn't really matter, but it was just like, no, that guy was, like, at the top of his game for, like, a solid 10 years. And even being gone a year out of that from uh, 22 or 21 to 22. Because he got injured right after they were going to, it looked like they were turning him face. It's that gif that shows up every week, at least once a week on Twitter, someone new finds it, and it goes viral again of, it's... Del Rio. Bray and Roman versus the League of Nations. Yep, Del and Rio so and Sheamus, Bray, yeah. Bray's pinning Del Rio, and then he just points at Sheamus coming into the ring, and Roman Reigns just, the no-look point into Roman spearing him. It's such a cool visual. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, and then, but he got injured either in that match or, uh, like, real shortly after, because yeah. that ended up getting dropped. Um, I Because we got, we, unfortunately, we, we do need to keep going with the show. Um, I will end this though. Give me your favorite, and I'm putting you on the spot. Give me your favorite Bray Wyatt moment. Um, I have mine if you need a second. Go ahead. So mine is two because I'm a filthy cheater and I'm indecisive. Um, I already talked about the first Firefly Funhouse. Uh, that legitimately was so weird and so unexpected and so different than what he had been doing previously. Uh, I adored it. It, it. I made Jesse sit down and watch like the first like four or five, like up to where he revealed the fiend because it was so weird. Um, but my I, other one I was with is, you when you did that. Um, my other one is the shield versus the Wyatt family and the crowd just I don't remember much of the match. But what I remember was just the excitement and the crowd chanting, this is awesome, as they were just standing across the ring from each other. Yeah. So those, those I think those would be my two, because, like, just awesome. Um, 
this won't be a surprise to you because of the amount of times I've talked about it. Um, mm. And I'm not talking about the match because depending on how you feel about that is one thing or another. But the video package going into WrestleMania 30. John Cena? Yeah. The uh, the Eminem one? The Eminem one, yeah. And it, like, Legacy? Yeah. Um, the match in my heart of hearts shouldn't have gone that way. Yep. Um, and they tried to make it right at the next month's pay-per-view in that cage match with that weird kid singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. But when you go over, like, you have Cena, who is Cena, mm-hmm. and you have this new threat of Wyatt and what... Ah, man, it's... And they did that a lot, too, because remember the whole new face of fear with The Undertaker? Yeah, and then Taker beat him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, hey, he got torch passed to him in 2023 in that weird vignette <laughs> that weird fucking raw thing where he killed la night again mm-hmm. um yeah and that's also that's the biggest bummer about like the bray thing is there was a lot of start and stops um but there was so many good there were so many good stories because like when you first said it my first like what's your favorite bray wyatt moment i almost said it out loud of just like muscle man dance there is nothing mm-hmm. better than that <laughs> because like Especially with everything that you would hear about backstage about, like, Vince thinks he's fat and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And when he came back at Firefly Funhouse, like, you could tell he had lost some weight. And yeah. he had got some muscle. And he does the muscle man dance, and he's like, it's this big, goofy thing, and then he goes into, like, the fiend shit. Mm-hmm. And it's legit, and I don't do horror well. And I remember that was the initial thing with the Wyatt family when we were, like, start, first becoming friends. Like, I love all three of those guys, but, man, Bray is legit unsettling to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was peak unsettling. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was actually, and this will be the last one that I talk about really quick, but I uh, was sad watching Funk and Wyatt matches um, last week, and I was talking to uh, Kevin Cade, my tag partner, and I just sent him the video of the last match I saw him wrestle live, and it was um, Survivor Series 2019, um, and it was against uh, Danielson, and I just sent it to John, and I was like, this was the last match I got to see of him live, like I was in the crowd for that. And John's exact words, who John Kevin is also a huge Wyatt fan. Like we were, like he was the one that broke the news to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, "Oh fuck, I was there too." And I was like, oh. "Oh, well, yeah, motherfucker lives near Chicago though." Like it was more impressive yeah. that I was there. But yeah, no, it's in like, um, it's just a bummer, like that you lose somebody that young. He has a family, um, and like legitimately could have been one of the most creative people and i mean probably is one of the most he is one of the most creative people in wrestling history but there was so many stories left to be told yeah and like yeah um you want to talk about you want to talk about some wrestling pay-per-views now get some levity i'm sure there's no other heavy shit we got to talk about this tonight yeah there's no uh (laughs) if you've listened to us before there you know i'm terrible transitioning into and out of uh the serious topics but like we this. both so we, we we both did a good job neither of us cried almost I, happened yeah almost <laughs> happened to both yeah of us. you can't you can't see the video but i gary I, I the closest i got i know you noticed because your expression changed you're like oh he's gonna lose it i was like so oh was please kinda, don't because i gotta start talking <laughs> that was kind of uh, funny for me yeah um but yeah so we're gonna talk about all out first and i apologize if you've been sitting through listening to all of this hoping for our in-depth all out review because you're not gonna get one uh, because neither of us ended up watching it. Um, I had to pick between watching All In and All Out because back-to-back $50 pay-per-views uh, is a little stiffsky on your boy because I 
and broke. And I got all sorts of bills. Fun fact, the other day, I got my ambulance bill from when I had that, uh, what turned out to be the vertigo attack. Yeah. So, like, hell yeah. USA, baby. Greatest country in the world. The world. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm having to I'm having to kind of keep an eye on my spending. So, I knew going in, like, we, kinda, we even kind of talked about it of just, like, yeah, I gotta, I have to choose one or the other, and I chose all in just because, like, biggest wrestling attendance in history. Yeah. Um, that felt like uh, the the show that I would have rather watched. What's your excuse for not watching it? Um, I went to um, uh, I took Sadie to see Espa. Oh, that's Chicago right. That week, yeah. I forgot. I, I, I yeah. I, I was in, I was in Chicago last week. That's why COVID's <clears throat> in my house right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not because of me. Mine. Mine is hopefully. Yeah. Left your mine. your COVID was before my. Well, I haven't gotten it yet. Knock on wood. But like, I was in Chicago last week, so I paid for like a rental. So Sadie mm-hmm. could go see one of her favorite bands. Um, and yeah, if honestly, if it wasn't for that, like if I hadn't have done all that spending, um, because it was like 150 for the rental and then however much it was in gas, um, I was probably going to get all out. But by the time all that happened and then Sadie was sick with COVID, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to sit and I'm gonna hang out. <laughs> I'm going to sit in this room and not do anything and not talk to anybody except for you. And we'll talk about how we weren't watching all out. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we didn't watch either of it. Um, so the review is going to be: it happened. Danielson mm-hmm. and Starks put on a motherfucker of a match. Apparently, oh no, it bumps me out because like as I was like w- seeing clips and like l- reading people talk about it, I was so pissed. Mm-hmm. Like almost to the point that I almost said fuck it and just bought it anyway, and like started it from the beginning. But I'm happy you didn't do that. I'm happy you have money. Like at least you have that forty nine ninety nine that you didn't spend. Yeah. Um, so running through the show, Hangman Adam Page won the over the budget over budget charity battle royal. Uh, he donated fifty thousand dollars to the Chicago Teachers Fund or something like that. Let's isn't go. It? Yeah, I like Hangman a lot for that reason. Um, um, the so that's super cool. Uh, did you see his lower third? <laughs> was a horrible teacher. Was a terrible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I think I sent you the picture because I think I said I was like AEW's going hard in the paint on yeah. their lower thirds. That's pretty good. Um, Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale, and Sky Blue defeated Athena, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante, uh, Billy Starks, at ringside for that team. Um, Billy Starks and Athena were originally supposed to do something, apparently, but uh, Billy couldn't get cleared. She is hurt. Hopefully it's nothing serious and she gets back to the ring soon because Billy is awesome. And also just, like, the nicest person. Yeah. Um, the AEW World Trios Championship, a properly named trios championship yeah it's a good uh, the six acclaimed, title name yeah the acclaimed retained against jeff jarrett satnam singh and jay lethal uh because in their inaugural oh we haven't there's new champion of a team we get the first shot <laughs> you're Rule. you're leaving out the biggest part with <coughs> dennis that? rodman ringside i forgot about that yeah that's why that match happened um Better than you, Bebe defeated the Dark Order to retain the ROH World Tag Team Championship. Damn it! Uh, yeah, I like so I've come around on the Better Than You, Bebe, because I feel like we are at the point where they have fully committed to the to face MJF. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more on board. We'll get more of that on at the All In. Um, but yeah, the Dark Order deserves some love. I love just all four of them. They're the best. Uh, Samoa Joe retained the ROH World Television Championship, defeating Shane Taylor. I am sure that match was awesome. 
um, because I like both of those guys. Uh, fun little setup for MJF's new feud seemingly was Joe giving him the NXT shove as they passed each other on the entrance ramp and then MJF attacking him afterwards. It's the whole thing of what would make Samoa Joe start a blood feud? Anything. And yeah. liter- literally anything. Because he wants to. You were in the way. There was someone on Twitter. I can't remember who it was. But it was like, I do not have a friend that I love enough to be willing to fight Samoa Joe. Sorry. And like, yeah, no, absolutely not. If if you and me were hanging out and he walked up and just like kicked you in the face and just looked at me and was like, what do you think of that? I will say, I think that was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Sir. Yes, sir. You got two axes and no problems. Yes, I'm, you know... Big fan, big fan. Joey Headrocker. I was le- I was legit scared of Sweet Tooth as a kid. You think I'm gonna fuck with him in real life? <laughs> Creator of the power game, the one and only. Uh, Luchasaurus defeated Darby Allen to retain the AEW TNT Championship. Uh, so congratulations to Christian Cage. Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. Mir- Miro you. defeated fuck you. Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> in a match that was just two meaty men slapping meat in Chicago. Let them know they were almost. Was- that was almost my power of positivity. <laughs> was the meat? <laughs> I'm just because that crowd could have been shitty. Like that crowd could have been mid 2010s Chicago yeah. crowd, which we had saw the worst of that because of CM Punk, and I was afraid it was going to happen again. And instead, they united to be a force of good this time. Yeah, and I don't see. I don't know if their intentions were necessarily a hundred percent pure, but from seemingly how the rest of the show went, I'm willing to give them. The, the benefit of the doubt yeah um because yeah it could have been a we we saw the uh, the announcement of tony khan announcing that he had fired cm punk and the crowd kind of initially booing him but then like by the end of like what he had to say the crowd was chanting tony so like i think yeah obviously there's people that are upset about it but like for the most part i think people were just like we're here for wrestling so let's just watch wrestling yeah, which I mean, which at the end of the day, that's what we're good. here for. Uh, Chris Statlander defeated Ruby Soho to def- to retain the TBS championship. I love Chris Statlander, but put a fucking belt on Ruby. Yeah. Just make her a big deal, please, and thank you. Uh, Brian Danielson defeated Ricky Starks by technical submission in a strap match, uh, choking him out. Ricky Starks passed out. He did not tap out, which for having such short notice on what this match was going to be, I've seen people say this is a match of the year contender, like hands down. So at a certain point, I need to I might need to sail the high seas and and figure out a way to to check uh, out some of this show. I love how they got into that match from collision of just like the contract said the dragon. I don't know why (laughs) that got me the way it did. Because mm-hmm. because it, you know why it's because it is the the contract for WCW says, says McMahon, McMahon. <laughs> and it's just like well it says the dragon and then you just hear and it's just like oh it's 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 fuck I hope that got picked up on the mic I, I was, didn't hear a sound of it I was so I'm hoping I was, it's on your was, end <laughs> yeah I was trying to do the the the, the clap chant because that's how it starts on the flight of the Valkyries his theme because mm-hmm. it has that in the background. But, uh, yeah, no, Danielson coming out. It's just because, again, it's the whole thing of whatever Danielson is a part of just something really dumb in wrestling. Like a dumb, like it was a dumb setup. But mm-hmm. just his smile and the way he reacts to everything, it's just like, oh, you have walked into the wrong neighborhood, kid. You know so, that, right? 
with Danielson, there's an earnestness to everything that he does. Yeah. Which makes it, depending on the situation, makes him the most endearing person on the planet or the scariest person on the planet. <laughs> yes. Someone, I saw someone say that AEW lets Brian Danielson wrestle like a dangerous person, whereas WWE made him wrestle as an underdog. But a since AEW lets him just wrestle, that's why you're seeing such a big improvement on, like... And even, like, some of his WWE matches were fucking amazing. Like, yeah. amazing. But that AEW just kind of, you get that little bit more consistency because he can clearly wrestle how he wants to wrestle and how he can wrestle. Yeah. So, this, uh, by the sounds of it, was an example of what they <gasps> did here. Uh, Ca- Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta defeated Eddie Kingston and Katsuri Shibata via pinfall. Claudio sucks eggs. There's no, there's nobody in that match I wanted to lose. So I don't yeah. know why I got so pumped to hear that Claudio and Yuta won. But I'm just like, because like if Shibata and Kingston would have won, I would have had the exact same reaction. Can, uh, can you believe AEW booked fucking Wheeler, Yuta, and Eddie Kingston in a match while I was 20 miles away and couldn't go? You know how much yes. that fucking pissed me off. Yes, I, yes, I can. <laughs> I, I, 100% I can. Kanosuke Takeshita defeated Kenny Omega. Um, I am so excited. I'm... I'm I am such a big fan of Takeshita, and I just really hope that AEW keeps that momentum behind him. Mm-hmm. Because with some of their booking, that isn't always a guarantee. So, I'm curious to see what he does post Kenny Omega and the Elite. Maybe he'll wrestle Swerve Strickland, too. I wouldn't be upset with that one little not bit. E- not even a little bit. <laughs> Again, Club. almost another power of positivity this week was that. <laughs> Uh, Bullet Club Gold defeated FTR and the Young Bucks, uh, and then the main event saw John Max John Moxley defeating Orange Cassidy to become the new AEW International Championship, to become the new champion. I know um, you're good. Yeah, uh, this is another match that I really want to watch just because I'm such a big fan of these two guys specifically. And again, I heard it was amazing. Yeah, I. My only nitpick is I wish Cassidy would have beaten Moxley once and then Moxley get gets it on a rematch yeah. because him beating Moxley at a pay-per-view really would have been that like feather the you know that's the way you go out of you know to end a historic because he has the most successful defenses of a championship reign in AEW history that would have really kind of like cemented it as Man, what a run. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with him losing here, just me personally. I would have liked that, you know. He got one over on Moxley, Moxley gets set off, and then takes him out, you know, the next... You know, do it on Dynamite, or, you know, Collision, Rampage, whatever. But, um, so that was all out. I do plan on watching it eventually. We'll see how, though. Uh, the show that i did watch dalton didn't watch this and there's just a couple things that i want to mention specifically there was um, there's only uh six matches on the payback card so jesus well good thing you only paid 11.99 for that see and that's the thing is it's like AEW has the i've said this so many times but AEW and wwe have the opposite pacing problems where AEW shows which granted again i'm paying 50 dollars. i want to get my 50 dollars worth yeah so yeah jam pack it and let's go Whereas the WWE stuff, there's so much downtime between matches. Like, the second match started, like, 48 minutes into the show. Jesus. Yeah, so, 
Um, but the first match was Becky Lynch defeating Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. This match fucking ruled. That's the match they, I need to go back and watch. They did callbacks to the first women's cage match. Um, Trish hit Victoria's Widow's Peak. Um, Becky hit, I think she hit the Twist of Fate. for. She hit something for Lita. And I'm completely blanking on it. Goddamn. But this was such an awesome match. Uh, Zoe Stark getting involved. I don't. I didn't watch. I haven't seen Raw yet, um, except for Gunther and Gable. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're turning Stark. Uh, I don't know if they're turning her face. Um, but they did do the split between Stratus and and Starks there. Um, Stark. Her Stark. name is Stark. Ricky yeah. Starks, plural, and then the one Zoe Stark. Billy Starks. But it is just Zoe Stark. Is there She's... not a Ricky Starks too? No, Ricky Starks is right. But it's okay, Stark, God, my, Stark, like... Stark. I was just saying Billy Starks is also a, a plural, not a singular. Brian Cage, Ethan Page, Adam Page, Christian, Christian Cage. Cage. <laughs> fucking the CCW has Aaron Roberts and Aaron and fucking Brian Rogers. I was so on. I, a, think I was in a match with uh, Walker Hayes, Xavier Walker, and JJ Walker. That's yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I'm Dalton Anthony. <laughs> we need a we need a fucking book. Every we what's, we, yeah, we fucked you over one time. I wrestled Mike Anthony as Dalton Anthony. It was a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> There's gonna just be a book of names, and once one of those names is taken, no one else. <laughs> <coughs> That's why Adam Cole was gonna have to change his. Because oh, if you Michael said King that, too. if you said that, you for a second, Juice would be like, oh, my new last name's Dalton. He <laughs> would claim it. One hundred percent. No, I never use I'm it. A veteran. I win it. I'm, and, I'm going. First. And he would go by just Justin, but in the mm-hmm. books it would be Justin Dalton. No, only call me this. Only call me Juice. <laughs> you only call me Juice. Uh, Becky Lynch defeating Trish Stratus gets a big win. Um, I'm excited to see what's bo- what's next for both of them. We know Becky Lynch is kind of getting involved with Tiffany Stratton on NXT, so that's fun. Um, I don't know if Trish goes straight into a feud with Stark or not, but I liked how they did that split. Um, but really, really good match. L.A. Knight defeated The Miz with John Cena as the special guest referee. Um, Miz and Cena had kind of a fun exchange where Cena announced that he was the going to be special guest referee. And Miz is like, no, you're the host. You're getting too involved. And then they did a whole rabbit season, duck season thing <laughs> of just like, oh, so as a host, I should be getting like more involved. Yes. Like making myself the referee. No, not like that. It was it was dumb. It was so dumb, but it made me laugh because I'm dumb. And it's those two guys. Yeah, uh, I've I've dug this feud. The line that fucking L.A. Knight had where Miz came out as Knight and like ran him down. And then the next like Smackdown or whatever, he's like, Miz got the biggest reaction in his career because he came out dressed as me. <laughs> fucking who? Oh, congrats to L.A. Knight. He just re-signed a contract, too. Did he? Yeah. They said that he just resigned not too long ago. Um, like he signed an extension. It's all my wrestling Facebook was about today was him signing an extension. The only thing I had seen was that the they WWE was working really hard on trying to get him to resign because his contract isn't even like close to up. But they want like that's just they're just like hey no we want to go ahead and like your deal doesn't end until like the end of next year but we want to lock you in. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't seen that he had actually re-signed. It was up on um, my Facebook a whole lot today. I think he did. He might not okay. have. He may have. 
Either well, way, good. congrats for being LA Knight. Yeah, get you get fucking paid. Um, but LA Knight defeated the Miz. Solid match. The Cena stuff uh, was cool. They kind of teased some. Like if that's a if that's our WrestleMania match, LA Knight versus John Cena. Let's go. Hell yeah. Let's because go. it's not one of those things where Cena's gonna come in and steamroll like he did to Roman Reigns that first time, or that he did to Austin Theory. LA Knight can throw hands verbally. Like, so that's <laughs> mm. He's gonna he's he, gonna regret all those shit that <clears throat> shit he talked on the rock. <laughs> Fine speech. Is gonna be gonna hit him with that. Uh Rey Mysterio defeated Austin Theory to retain the United States Championship. Uh, the Judgment Day defeated Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a Steel City street fight to win the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Um, so, Rhea Ripley and Dominic got involved in this. It's a street fight. That's fine. Um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens as Tag Team Champions rank up there with the Acclaimed in that, man, what a bullshit run they got stuck with. Yup. Their win felt so good. Them winning the titles felt so good. And then just nothing fucking happened for him after that. Uh, which granted, like, there was injury. Like, Owens got hurt. Zayn had that elbow thing. Like, so this, the circumstances were working against them. I love the Judgment Day. Personally, I am stoked that Balor and Priest won it. Like, I just, I feel bad for Owens and Zayn. At least, at least the Judgment Day beat them instead of the gun club. Yeah, yeah, you're, and I you're like not the gun, wrong. and I like the gun club. Yeah, but like but no, you're, you're correct. Yeah, you're correct. Um, the it they did have a uh uh wardrobe change in the middle of it, which is funny because it was the second wardrobe pay per view with a wardrobe change in the middle of the match in a row because mm-hmm. Penta did it in at all in, and oh yeah, they popped up wearing jerseys for no reason. Um, I mean, not for no reason, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which the visual of Owens with the hockey stick covered in blood. Good, good yeah. shit. That's good shit, pal. Um, so congratulations to the judgment day. Rhea Ripley defeated Raquel Rodriguez to retain the women's world championship. And then Seth freaking Rollins defeated Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the world heavyweight championship. Um, why come? Let the man go and get surgery or, like, fix his back and be with his family and put the belt on Shinsuke, who can just be an evil fucking fuck. Uh, also, apparently, after the match, Shinsuke, or after the pay-per-view ended, Shinsuke attacked Rollins again. So, like, why wouldn't you just... Air that? Why, yeah, why wouldn't you put that on the pay-per-view? Again, I haven't, I don't know what happened on Raw, so I don't know if they're following up with that, like, if Shinsuke is going to get a rematch or something, but... Uh, the match itself was good. I just, I really wanted Nakamura to win. Cause yeah, he kind of does. I love like... Rollins. I love Rollins. But like, okay, at this point, you, so it's it's the Cody thing of Rollins lost to Cody three times, including when he had half an arm. Like the, the peck was torn. I don't want to yeah. see them wrestle again because Cody can just fucking stomp his ass. Yeah. Nakamura pointed out like, oh, Seth is broken as a person. And he still lost, so it's like, all right, well, cool. You you couldn't beat a broken person. Yeah, um, I do think it's fucking hilarious, though, that this whole angle revolves around Seth's back. Seth's back is broken. He has a broken back. He's had a broken back for years. 
Which maybe they can lean on that of like, no, you only beat Cody only beat me three times because my back was broken. Um, but Nakamura, what's his finisher, Dalton? The King Sasha. What is that? I don't know what that move is. Describe the move to me. What does that move do? A running knee to the face, or it could be to the back. But he, but he doesn't do it to the back. He doesn't. He just is a running knee to the face. You would think you would like adapt. Like throw it and in just, the back. <laughs> or, or just get, like, use something that's a back finish. I don't know. I'm Fucking pull an Irish Sheik and make him humble. It's be, it's, it would be like if Kurt Angle decided to, like, you, you know have what? have a bad ankle. <laughs> no, no, it would be like, you have a bad shoulder. So I'm going to make sure that I lock in this ankle lock. <laughs> what the fuck? No. go Chicken wing. <laughs> Chicken wing! We know you know how to do it! Just adapt. <laughs> Get back at me. I don't know why. I don't... I'm broken. Hey, let's talk about the show that we did actually watch and then some bullshit around it. Uh, better than... Uh, AEW All In, 81,035 I think is the number. I forget... I feel like, like I like put numbers in wrong. I feel like it's 81326. 81326. Uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia be faster. Oh, there's so many. That's there's not true. so many. They made a shirt. 81,035 attendance. Oh, okay. There you it were, is. You were closer than me. I, I think I was right. That would be closer. It would be closer. <laughs> tell me I'm and wrong. Please don't tell fucking me I'm wrong. gas. Don't fucking gaslight me. Did I? Was I right, Dylan? Dylan, was I right? Did I say eighty-one three hundred five? That was 81, the most. That's the most maniacal thing I've ever done to you by accident. No, no. There was that time that I almost swung at you because you dabbed on me. <laughs> that was just a visceral bodily reaction I had to you. Um, <laughs> AW All In Wembley Stadium record-setting. Uh, Pro wrestling attendance officially. Uh, killer show. First match of the night was the pre-show. Better than you, Bay Bay, Adam Cole, and MJF defeating Aussie Open to win the ROH World Tag Team Championships. Hated it. Uh, you, I mean, I, I don't hate it as much as I did initially because they didn't immediately break up in the main event. I do feel bad for Aussie Open. Uh, I am a fan of theirs. And it would have been cool to kind of see them get a win. But at the same time, not a chance in hell. Your main of the two people in the main event of the biggest wrestling show of all time. Eat a eat a loss at the beginning of the night. You know what would have been cool? They win. Not Aussie Open. Better than you, baby. And then the kingdom come out and fuck MJF out of his thing. So Adam Cole has the title and then they just steal the tag titles for the kingdom. And then it's just all kingdom, baby. And I would have been the happiest person in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. It was still a great show, but like, fuck. That's because you're dumb and that's dumb. Uh, The second and last match of the pre-show was Hook defeating Jack Perry for the FT to win the FTW championship. Um... And this is where we're going to tie into the other news story of the week. During the match, there's a car on the ramp. Uh, Jack Perry s- slaps his hand on the windshield and says, Real glass, cry me a river. 
he gets put through the windshield, yada, yada, yada. The match was solid. Like, it was, yeah, it was, it was a, fun. Yeah, it was an uh, FTW match. Hook getting to wrestle in front of 81,000 people his, like, third year in. Like, that's yeah, pretty neat. dope. Um, S- but after... S- Sadie's new favorite wrestler, by the way. Jack Perry or Hook? Hook. Okay. She's like, he's so attractive. She was like, did I buy you the Sint Hook shirt? And I was like, yeah. She's like, I should have just bought it for myself. I was like, you didn't even <laughs> fucking care about him then. <laughs> she she didn't see him. Yeah. She just heard the name. She she's heard watch- you talk about him. She started watching Collision whenever I'm at wrestling shows. And Hook's mm-hmm. been on Collision a lot. So now she really gets to see Hook. Yeah. She's a fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, the cold-hearted, handsome devil, baby. Um, after the match, and before the show started, there was an incident backstage, depending on who you talk to, depending on what source you get, Punk and Perry got into an altercation, um, and it it led to a physical confrontation, Um before the CM Punk Samoa Joe match, <clears throat> uh, CM Punk allegedly had to be talked into even just having the match. There was apparently like they were scrambling about like, well, who can go on first if this isn't the first match? Um, Samoa Joe allegedly like kind of talked Punk into having the match of just like, dude, I get to wrestle in front of eighty-one thousand people. You're not taking this from me. Don't fuck you get this to up wrestle for in me. front of eight. Yeah, like you're we like when does this happen? Like, let's just go out there and do this. So, uh, but CM Punk defeated Samoa Joe, uh, in the match. It was a, I enjoyed it. Like it was, it was, it was was, a solid match. It was probably my favorite match of the night. Really? I, there was, and again, knowing what we know now, (coughs) I think Samoa Joe was just happy. It happened. And there was yeah. something about that match that felt so fun. Like, I don't know if Joe was just grateful that he was able to have the match, so he was like, all right, well, let's go out there and fucking kill it. But, mm-hmm. like, Punk was on his game. If you you could have not have told me any of that shit, like, mm-hmm. that was not a man that just got in a fucking fight. No, backstage. yeah, and I was... I was like, going to give him credit because, like, like you said, he went out and he wrestled a match and you really couldn't tell... That, like, he had to be talked off the ledge or had just put yeah. someone in a chokehold. Like, um, he is, that match was so much, I remember watching it and just being like, this is a fun fucking match. Like, everybody was just into it. Um, Joe and Punk seemed like they were meshing super well. And maybe it was the talking to, because whenever you said apparently Joe had to talk to him, I did the air quotes, talking to him fucking threaten him and i'm sorry i don't care who you are if samoa joe threatens you yes daddy whatever you want um it was such a fun match and i just like really enjoyed it and that's why it was like if this is truly punk's last match i mean it's his last match in aew but like if that's his last match what a fucking match to go out on i mean yeah you're you were it's i think jericho may have said it or yeah like some podcast said it like i mean if that's his last match he went out on top you cannot argue that yeah the biggest real... wrestling crowd in history, like you against a getting a win against a twenty year rival, like it it was a, a, it it's it's a good way to go. Um, we have since learned that apparently, on top of the incident with Jack Perry, uh, there was a confrontation between Punk and Tony Khan. Um, 
originally it was reported that like punk lunged at Khan, and then people are like, oh well, when we say lunged, that's actually kind of underselling what happened. So, <laughs> Which like, is such a weird way to say it because <laughs> right, lunge like, is a pretty aggressive way to say it. <laughs> right, like okay, did he like throw a knife at him? Like what the fuck? Did he attempt um, to stab him? <laughs> so he, um, they were they're, they've both they're they were both suspended. And then it was, it came out, Tony Khan, like, AEW put out the press release that CM Punk had been fired. Uh, I was playing Starfield all day. I came up for air. I pulled up Twitter and I was like, what the fuck? And then I pulled up the, the group chat that, you, that you're that you in with, with uh, Kenny and, and Tyler. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was so, I was self-quarantining <laughs> all day and got the news <laughs> that CM Punk was fired. <laughs> I was like, God damn. So it's it's going to be interesting to see because like, okay, I think Mark Henry said it where he was just like, all right, the supposed problem is now gone. So let's see what happens now. Like, does backstage chill out? Because we can't you can't pretend that Punk is the first person to have backstage issues, especially at AEW. That, well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. at, at AEW, like there, there's been other shit that's happened. So like, okay. Do, is shit fixed like was he actually the common denominator here um or is stuff going to continue to to boil over that said i think i hope that this is a wake-up call to management that like you can't just let this shit happen like yeah. you have got to be a lot more strict with how you handle your employees it's great that you want to be friends with your employees, but you have to be a boss. You have to lay the the law down. And when, when talking about this, like the one thing that a certain wrestling fandom is going to say about Tony Khan is how he looks about his statement and saying that he feared for his life. And a lot of people are shitting on him. Dial- for that. Yeah, they're dialing in on that. Um, here's the thing, and with. Like, I've been in wrestling locker rooms for five years as a worker. Um, I I have another job where I'm around a lot of people all the time. I should never go into that workplace or my wrestling workplace and be legitimately attacked. Physically. I mean, it shouldn't right. happen verbally either. But, like, I shouldn't have a fear of actually having to defend myself physically. Um... Does it happen in locker rooms? 100%. Have I been in locker rooms where shit's almost popped off? 100%. But it's A, never gotten to that point, for like fortunately. And B, I am not part of a multi-million dollar wrestling corporation. I have a theory about this, and I know we weren't going to talk about it like this, but like, there is a big difference between two people fighting in the back like physically fighting in the back if they just mm-hmm. would have fucking waited till they were both in the locker room to do it and doing it by fucking production people that's yeah. where you start being stupid um there are so many stories from the early 2000s about people getting in fights you have the Eddie and Kurt Angle of Eddie like trying to shoot a double leg on Kurt in the <laughs> locker room and JBL being fucking stupid, stupid. <laughs> like you have that you have like um Jericho Goldberg and and Booker T and Batista, wasn't it? Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many of these stories, and none of those guys were fired. Now, let me throw one out there. Kurt Hanging and Brock Lesnar. 
Mm-hmm. Who was fired? Kurt Henning. Why was he fired? Oh, they did it in a fucking plane with people that had nothing to fucking do with it. The second your dumb shit spills over and hurts other people that aren't involved, something has to happen. I don't... If the... Like... And again, as a rest, like as a wrestler, I'm going to okay some of it, but not an other part of it. If these two guys want to fist fight in the locker room, I don't fucking care. You cannot put other people in danger. That's just not okay. But certain the other peop- part of it is certain, if, certain, one, if okay. one person wants to fist fight in the locker room and that's the other not, doesn't. That's not okay. Yeah, yeah, it's this isn't trial by combat. Like you don't yeah. get to just decide like I'm gonna swing on someone. No, no, not yeah. Not saying that I'm not saying that's what happened either, but like if if it, you're it, willing it, to instigate something and physical stuff comes to blows, mm-hmm. that's one thing. And again, if it happens in the locker room and it's just those two that are in danger of being hurt, I don't fucking care. That's two grown men being fucking idiots. The second that you put other people in the middle of your dumb bullshit. That's when, I, like, if Jack Perry gets fired, I don't care. Because, in my opinion... I think it's a possibility. I mean, and I don't care. Like, if it does, you're just as much to blame. I am not the mm-hmm. person that's going to be like, fucking Jack Perry is the reason we lost CM Punk. That's not how I feel at all. But, again, I feel like if they would have waited 20 minutes and then just fought in the locker room like adults, which is a weird fucking sentence to say, but, like, not do it in front of people that have nothing to do with your dumb bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't do it in front of production. There's that. And then apparently the the whole Tony Khan thing, you can't lunge at your boss. I said it in a group chat and popped a few people in it. You, you, CM Punk went full nails. And I'm sorry, you don't go full nails. It didn't go well for him. It didn't go well for CM Punk. Like, yeah, it, you gotta... It's common sense. Like, you can't, you can't attack your boss. I right, get that Stone the, Cold did it, but he did it in a thing called The Work. And it was all fun and games and nobody was actually in danger. He, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, say what you will about the, the brawl out from last year, but like, you, you just, you can't act a certain way. Like whether or not you think you have a legitimate gripe, like if someone is using words and your response is to get physical, you just, you can't do it. That's not how that goes. You got to yeah. sticks and stones it. Um, is is Perry dumb as shit for doing that on TV? Sure. 100%. Uh, should he be held accountable for the, like, because this, put, you got to put it this all in perspective. Backstage, say what you will, but as a, they're not a publicly traded company, but like, as a company that has to negotiate TV deals, they made a show for this dude that a network is putting on their network because they wanted to highlight CM Punk. And now there's no CM Punk. And you're the reason. Like so yeah, I don't it'll you know, look at how much merch he was selling. He was constantly like on the best selling list. He sold that out fucking, an entire style of t shirt. Yeah. Like in the in the continent. Like the this is a huge this I get there's people that are doing, and also the don't be a weird tribalistic like I'm team elite, I'm team punk. That's weird. Don't be weird. You don't yeah. know these people. Yeah, like you just you don't. I mean, maybe you do, but like odds are, if you're listening to us, you don't. 
you're a fan like we don't know him yeah we don't know him even a little bit i don't know maybe like tony tony shivani might be listening to this like these fucking morons like i who knows if that's the case tony lowest rules i listen to his podcast Uh, a lot i'm sorry (laughs) uh hey tony do you want to come call a show in cape Girardeau, missouri one day yes you do so i can cross something off my bucket list um but like you don't you don't know these people don't be a weird and you don't know what happened no yeah. one's ever gonna really know what happened Unless... last year or when. Oh. Like you're just you're just you're well, not gonna. Cause did did Jack Perry mean it as an insult to Punk? I've seen people be like, no, he wasn't even trying to instigate it with Punk. He, <laughs> he meant it. He did it. He meant it to call out the dirt sheets because they put out the story about the whole glass thing with Punk, and it made him look bad. So, like again, I'm just it's. <laughs> If There's... that's the case, I'm sorry. I know. And again, if that's the case, then this is even dumber than. Oh yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, it's you just it's it sucks, and you you can't this. There is in no way is this really a positive. Yeah. You know, unless it was truly he was that toxic backstage outside of the people that he liked, because obviously you know everyone's gonna have people that like him. Everyone's gonna have people that don't like him. So you can't just make a, a blanket statement that, oh, CM Punk was hated in the locker room. Because he wasn't. He has FTR. He has Danhausen. He has, like, Brody King. Miro. Like, Andrade. Like, there, he had people that liked him and he liked. Obviously, there were people that didn't like him and people that he didn't like. But that's life. That's just that's just how the universe works. And you can't fix it with fists every and, time. And he brought a lot of eyes and a lot of money to the company. So, you know, I think this is this is another thing where we're not going to see really an immediate an immediate change um, unless like collision just completely bottoms out. In which case, well, that 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 could that could affect the dynamite deal that could affect rampage like there's so there's so many different moving parts to this that it's just a bummer of a situation all around. But. They got to keep moving. They got to keep moving forward. By all indicators, All Out was a great show. Uh, the crowd was into just about everything, even with this hanging over the head. But um, but we didn't know any of that until later in the night, because there's still a whole ass pay-per-view to talk about real quick. Uh, Bullet Club Gold and Kaneske Takeshita defeated the Golden Elite, um, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi. <clears throat> Uh, this match was fine. I was actually very underwhelmed by it. Yeah. And that it, bums me out. Um, the, the highlight to me, honestly, was the, the Colton and Austin as the lackeys mm-hmm. on the outside. They were so obnoxious. They were so pestering, but like it fits so well. Yeah. They're really like, good. Like I know we made great the joke. in that role. I know we, I made the joke earlier, but I actually really do like Colton and Austin Gunn. I think they're great. They're also, not the, shout out to that entrance. It's so dope. The lights and the spotlight. Yeah, and the it's so good. Spit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Next up was probably my favorite match of the night. FTR defeating the Young Bucks to retain the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Um, that was really good. <laughs> I gotta say, and I mean, I truly don't mean any disrespect when I say this, but JR really needs to be held to one match a pay-per-view and like backstage sit down interviews yeah because he i don't know if he was jet lagged 
or what, but he was not fucking around with anything. Why has everything got to be golden? <laughs> just come on, man. Like, yeah, I um, I can't sometimes. Like, I who's up, the legal man? Does it even matter? Like, yeah, come like, on, man. Like, we're hey ref, you know you can di- you can disqualify him. Like, you got to use your count. Like, all right, we get it. You don't got to. You're, it out, you're not you're not in their headset right now, Jr. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like we're both raised in that same time and watching like peak era WWE. So, like, JR is held to a high, really high regard, but, mm-hmm. man, he needs to stop. It's rough. It's it's rough. Yeah. But I'm, the tag I'm, ma- the I'm ma- not a fan. I, we've had multiple conversations about it where I'm just like, he needs mm-hmm. to stop because he's actively shitting on their product. If he yeah. mean, if he's meaning to do it, it's a whole different conversation. But he is doing it. Intent, intent is irrelevant. I don't know if it's necessarily a different conversation because, like, if you have someone working for a company... And you're just openly crapping on the product, like you, you can't intent have that. Does, yeah, intent doesn't matter. You're right. I got so. I got the JR action figure. He can leave. <laughs> yeah, I have that too. Um, but this, I thought this was a great tag match. It was very much a Young Bucks tag team match. Um, but also, you know, just the chemistry that FTR and Bucks have is unreal. Yeah. Um, I I hope they run this back again eventually. Just not necessarily anytime soon. like this is just something of just like if they just randomly put this in like every eight months or a year I'm i'll be ask, so happy i'm gonna ask a question um the last time that we recorded had cash wheeler already been arrested you know what i'm not sure i don't think he did um i i think that that all happened in the same time like yeah, it was in we... our three-week uh sabbatical everything happened in wrestling when we were gone um and all I got to say to that is, uh, I can't believe that's illegal in Florida. I can't believe that what he did was illegal in Florida. I get that it's not okay. I can't believe in Florida, of all places, it was illegal. I know you didn't mean to, but you're legitimately about to open a whole can of worms of some uh, nonsense that I don't want to get into about Florida. Um, oh, he was fine. arrested the day after we po- we did our <laughs> So it was literally the next, it was literally oh the God. next day. Um, so at least it was the most us thing that could happen. So yeah, no, it's Cash, very on brand. Cash Wheeler also got arraigned for fucking pulling a gun on somebody in traffic. In a road, so yeah, so the, the, yeah. the, the uh, AEW Road Rager special edition of Dynamite's probably not going to happen. And if it does, we know who's not going to host it. We know who's main eventing. Yeah, and winning the world title, the real one. <laughs> He's um, already got the, he's like, well, now there's only one. Uh, no, he can get it back Oh my God. Punk. Oh my God. If they do a, well, hey, so we're going to hold a tournament for, for the real champion. <laughs> Fucking, I will quit. No, you won't. We'll talk so FTR much FTR and the Young, oh no, I mean quit life. Oh. Uh, FTR and the Young Bucks did a, had a great match. I enjoyed that. Next up was Stadium Stampede. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Penta El Zero Miedo slash uh, Penta Oscuro. And Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta and Orange Cassidy defeated the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Santana and Mike Santana and Ortiz. So overall, I liked this match. I like these kind of train wreck style multi-man clusterfucks. Yeah. The problem is AEW's production just can't keep up. Yeah. It was so bad at the beginning. 
of moments of someone on camera lifting up a chair to swing it and then it cut. cutting to another shot of just like just someone brawling backstage you can hear the impact of the chair and then they cut back yeah having already missed it did and you, stuff like that just did you see kept penta, happening did you see penta hit one of them in the asshole with the chair <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that got me the way it did <laughs> it was straight a... neck straight down on the coccyx <laughs> he's gonna fuck that to you their vertebrae is gonna be fucked dude they're, um, and, and I, they're gonna have to sit for a flight for like how long is a flight to london like nine hours yeah i think so um Something i like <laughs> i am the opposite i do not like matches like this really um i'm cool i was cool with it during um 2020 because mm-hmm. we had nothing so like yeah, let's do a stadium stampede and we can do this shit planned out and then we can have bits. But when you try to do that in a live wrestling setting, it gets really difficult. Um I do want to point out that Mox kissed Sue. So I think Trent should be the first person in line for the international title because Mox deflowered his mom. Um so real quick, the so you'd get smashed in the booty hole with a steel chair. <laughs> Yeah. And then and then the next day, the average flight time from United States to London is 16 hours 57 Ooh. minutes. So you so just 17 you, hours. Yeah, so you're just sitting on that fucking burning ring of fire for 17 hours. God, I you hope you hit him in the lower back. Hopefully that's for a first class ticket. Um I I mean, I'm I typically like they're fun, they're a spectacle. Um, I don't like some of the deathmatch elements that get brought into it, like the visual of, of Orange Cassidy taping up the hands and then dipping that in broken glass, like... The Taipei, yeah, yeah. Neat in theory, but, like, I don't necessarily want to see it. The second Um, they brought the glass, I was watching it with, uh, Sadie, Danny, and Allie, and I saw that Danny knew the skewers, so we were just like, and then I saw the, because it didn't, Cassidy tape his hand. Mm-hmm. And the second he started doing that, I went, no. Because I know <laughs> what a Taipei death match is. And that is just a death match where they start the match with the fucking broken glass and the taped hands. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, that shit makes me oozy. Because, like, these are real people. Like, these aren't video game It's fun on Fight Forever. Right. Add that shit to the game. Because that's fake. Um, that glass cuts real people. Uh... I, I don't know. It's hit or miss. I ultimately, like, I enjoyed this one okay, but it's also because, like, if there were people that I didn't care about as much in this match as there are pretty much everyone in this match, then maybe it would, I'd feel differently, but maybe, so maybe I'm giving it a little bit of grace, but, like, the the production and the camera cuts and stuff like that were just, that was rough. That was all over the place. Uh, Soraya defeated Hikaru Shida, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Tony Storm, to win the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, I didn't love this match. I really didn't love this outcome because Sheeta deserves so much better. Yeah. Um, And also the fact that this is the only women's match on the card is a big miss. Um, I liked the finish where Britt couldn't break up the pin because she had the lockjaw locked in yeah so she couldn't like get out of that in time to stop soraya um i don't love the split of the outcasts necessarily but i will say tony storm in the um 
what Lacey Evans hoped she was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Of just like the tw- the crazy 20s barbiturate starlet. Like It's so great. <laughs> chin up. Tits out. out. Watch out for the shoe. <laughs> Whips it in Renee. I, I, I love it. I... Tony Storm has quickly become an MVP of the women's division for And me. it's such a shame that we won't get that version as her AEW figure. Because that's, <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> um, but Sheeta deserves so much better in her reign. Uh, so, I don't know. I get it. Like, it's a huge moment for her, for Soraya, because she's in front of her crowd. Like, her home, her home country and her family and all that. And, like, what a great feel-good moment for the top heel in your division. Yeah. I think, and you're not wrong, I think it's that whole thing that she has had such a journey to get there. Between, like, the amount of times that she wasn't able to wrestle again and being able to come back, and, like, I get it. I don't love it, because I love Sheeta just as much as you do. But, like, fuck off. I I get (laughs) it. Like, I totally understand why they did it. I, I don't like it, but it made sense. Like, I knew, like, I... I just kind of had a feeling going in being like, yeah, Soraya is walking out with it Mm. because like, you really don't have that anywhere else in the card. Like where else do you have the hometown hero getting the win? It's really just there. Uh, next up Darby Allen and sting defeated Christian cage and swerve Strickland asterisk in a coffin match. They did. I said asterisk. I said asterisk. Um, this is probably my second favorite match of the night. I think it was a fun Uh, match. It was a car crash, but like in the best way. And it was pretty well contained. Um, I think Sting specifically did a really good job. Um, him going through the table, not breaking it, but then just going back up on the apron and going for it again. Like he can be very hit or miss in his performances lately, but I think he was on for this yeah. show, which again, like he's someone that was wrestling around this, like obviously not for WWF, but like the last time the biggest wrestling attendance record was set. He, he was, was in there. the industry. Like he, Wait, so. the last time the biggest wrestling, that was WrestleMania 32? I mean, I, so what I was thinking of was the SummerSlam in Britain. Oh, yeah. No, he was a part of uh, Jim Crockett and WCW. Yeah. So, like, I knew he wasn't WWE, obviously, but um, but so it's cool that he was there. Uh, Strickland and Cage are amazing. Darby is just gonna, like, he doesn't want to live to see 40 and he's doing a great job and he's doing everything he can to make sure that he's at least not mobile um but this was a this was a fun match uh but swerve was robbed because his hair was out god that pissed me off (laughs) i saw a tiktok just being like see the thing of it is is that they work all of these spots to being like oh the bat got in the way so the mm-hmm. match isn't over yet. Just to have that fucking happen. So the match isn't over yet. And it would have been just as easy for the ref to be like, hey, can you open that coffin up and just like fucking tuck his hair in? So here's the thing, though. Like, and legitimately, why they didn't. One, that would look silly. And it would be very anticlimactic of, oh, wait. Uh, uh, just like cram it in there. <laughs> Two, the coffin lid closed. The hair is very fine. And even though he's got the dreads, yeah. Like, it's soft. So it didn't prevent the lid from closing. It just got squeezed and was squeezed out. The bat is thicker, and it's thicker. So yeah. when it can, lands, can it does, that's the shape of a baseball bat. No, this, you... this is the shape, yeah, this is the shape of a baseball bat. Uh-huh, I'm just, just explain it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm moving cause... it closer to you so you can <laughs> see. 
so you close the lid on it, but the lid doesn't close all the way because the baseball bat is also it's it's this shape. Do you see? <laughs> and it's it's but it's thick, and it's harder. So it does. It's not like the hair that just gets squishy. I'm ending the episode now. We're done. <laughs> um, so that's why. I don't know what BBB means. Big black blat. Okay. Well, you tried. He sent me that in Discord like he did something. Uh, Will Ospreay defeated Chris Jericho in a singles match. Loved this match, too. Like, It was, it was really it, good. Th- this one was really, really good. And again, another big win for Will Ospreay, who is on probably the biggest run that anyone has really had when you look at like the people that he's bit beaten this past year and like the matches that he's been in. If you tell me that if you tell me that he gets ranked PWI's number 1 in the top 500, I'll be like, yeah. 100%. I don't know if I can go number 1. Top 10. But like but a top, top five, 5, like a top 5, 100%. Um the acclaimed defeated the House of Black uh in a no holds barred six man tag to win the AEW World Trios Championship. Um the the emotional awakening and journey that I had when the House of Black came out, mm-hmm. the all white and gold entrance gear. I want a four pack of that mm-hmm. uh as like a special edition, like give me that, please. And then um Buddy Murphy or uh, Buddy Matthews bringing out the lantern and then setting it on the ground like yeah that i went from this is cool as fuck to oh now i'm feeling things yeah um, that was that was a little rough ski so that was awesome this was a fun match but again like it was a no holds barred so just kind of a kind of a train wreck but i'm happy that the acclaimed uh and billy gunn got the win here honestly if they continued to feud with them like for a while to go back and forth, I would be super on board with that. They don't really have a bad trios, though. Like, AEW doesn't. Like, all of their they trios... Gr- yeah, fantastic. There's so many really good options that they could go with, which is really um, exciting. And hopefully, they don't do what they did when they won the tag titles. And just, like, hopefully they get good trios yeah. stories and matches well, and they made those defenses. Cu- they made those custom belts. You feel like they gotta be doing something with it. I've uh, never, I have never wanted to spend $450 on a replica title until last week. Yeah, but you'd have to buy three of them. N- no. No, I don't. I just you need, need at least two. You need at least two. You, yeah, I know you need at least two to, to do the scissoring Takes thing. two to scissors, buddy. The action figures have the hands. Stop <laughs> doing it with the bat. I don't know why bats are so funny to you. God, stop it. Just go. What's the next one? The next was the main event. MJF defeating Adam Cole in the main event for the AEW World Championship. And it breaks my heart to say that I did not like this match very much. I didn't. It was a great match. I didn't like that we are going to keep the MJF Adam Cole thing going. See, I'm fine with that. My problem with it was... The And we talked about it a little bit, but, like, the way that it ramped up and it got so personal so fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Adam Cole turning heel, essentially, during the match, like, ripping the shirt off of MJF after, like, an eye poke. I like, mean, they're both you... scum... They're both kind of scumbags, but they're being, like, kind of scumbaggy to each other and it's cool. And then Adam Cole's just like, fuck you, I'm gonna try to end your career. Have you but ever MJF poked in the eye? But MJF, like, can't answer back to it. It just, it didn't, 
it didn't feel right to me. Like, I get people liked it a lot. It just, for whatever reason, it didn't click with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hated the 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 end, like, where they called the double clothesline and then the double pin. And then Cole's like, no, 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 five more minutes. Why is it five more minutes? There's not, it wasn't a time limit issue. Yeah. Like, just just say restart the match. And then, but they had MJF restart it, which is fine. Um, I like the MJF-Adam Cole dynamic, so I'm not upset that that uh, keeps going. Just some of it, like, some of this match, it just felt too drawn. It was equal parts, holy shit, that escalated so quick, to, well, now this is being drawn out. Like, the Roddy Piper, the Roddy Piper, Jesus Christ. Roddy Roderick Strong. Um, which, the neck strength t-shirt, or the strong neck, uh, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Neck strong. Neck strong. Did you see him win his match last night? <laughs> Yes, after he took a pile driver in like, <laughs> but his neck, I, some of that felt like it took a little bit too long, but, um, ultimately I'm okay. With, I'm totally okay with MJF winning the mat, the wrestling part, like the match itself was very strong. Yeah. It was just the, the storytelling in it, like was a miss for me personally, which I, which is a bummer. Shout out to Adam Cole to doing the safest Panama sunrise I've ever seen in my life on <coughs> Bryce Remsburg. I have never seen a man so protected on a Canadian destroyer in my life. Good. Thank Shout you out for to Bryce doing... Remsburg for taking it too. Yeah. Like I absolutely love the fact that he did that without killing him. Yeah. Um, so that is all in and we are going to shotgun Saturday night through our final section of the show, which is wrestling with articulation. Um, two quick notes for me personally. Um, WrestleQuest came out the day that I tested positive for COVID. I, and so that completely fucked over my video game schedule because I had a plan in place and then COVID fucked it. I have maybe played an hour of WrestleQuest. I dig it, um, but I can't like give a a, a review on it like I was planning on doing originally for it. Um, But it is out now. I'm having fun with it. It seems to be like if you like wrestling and you like RPGs, this is something you're going to want to check out because the way it's reviewing but, like, if you're not a huge RPG fan, if you're not a huge, like, wrestling fan, this may not be strong enough to really kind of, like, win you over into either of those things. So, um, and then I'm going to steal one of Dalton's things because I am so fucking excited for it. Ringside Collectibles announced an exclusive three-pack that is the the acclaimed. And it's, so it's yeah, it's, it's Bowens, it's Caster, it's, uh, Daddy Ass, um... I kind of wish that Daddy Ass would be in ring gear, but I get why they didn't do that because for the most part of this run, mm-hmm. he was the manager. Um, I'm assuming we will get a Daddy Ass figure in his his bikers in actual ring gear. Uh, I'm not going to make go out of my way to make a custom of it because I'll just wait a year. It's fine. I don't need to do it. Um, I also don't know how to do it with that one. Ah, Jake Hager's figure. I'm sure I could do. Anyway, not important. Um, but, like, it's a super dope set. They all have the scissoring hands. Uh... I do love the way they did the gear to the point that you can, you don't need the scissor me daddy ass shirt. Cause we do have the acclaimed every Wednesday shirt. I'm happy to have that in action figure form. I think that's dope mm-hmm. as fuck. Um, yeah. So that came out. Uh, I pre-ordered it the second that it went live, uh, because, uh, I needed, I bought the, uh, micro brawlers of the acclaimed cause I didn't know when they were going to make their figures. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dropping late January along with that, um, unmatched number series eight dropped for pre-order. I instantly pre-ordered the three figures I needed from that. The f- it's a five figure wave, potentially four. God, I hope not. 
Um, but as of right now, it's Penta Oscura, um, the House of Black, Malachi Black in a suit, or his version of a suit, um, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and then we're getting Luminaries back in the AW line with Ring of Honor Punk. Um, I really hope this Punk gets made. It's very much on the bubble of we haven't seen it in hand yet. Mm-hmm. We've only seen digital at renders. So, like, I'm, I've am i just been kind of waiting. I've been checking ringside every day being like, is it still up for pre-order? Um, I pre-ordered it before they announced he got fired because I am a huge ring of like mid 2000s ring of honor fan and cm punk was my guy during that era uh so they made a ring of honor punk and they're also doing the ring of honor line which I, this will probably be the one thing i get to talk about for wrestling with articulation this week but this is like this figure will be the start of that ring of honor line basically um it's kind of the soft launch of it um so go and pre-order those uh, the house of black ones are super dope um it's a shame that the Malachi is not in ring gear. That's in unmatched series seven, I think. Uh, but that figure is super hard to get right now, unless you're Walmart's restocking. I just got an email that unmatched series seven is back available on ringside collectibles. So I don't know if that is a, um, if, if he is sold out or well, if he's I'm, available, I am checking but... right now. Oh, I got that wrong. It's unmatched series six. Oh well, then never mind. It doesn't matter that seven is back in stock. Um, and he is, and he is not. Okay. Um, but if you're at one of the WalMarts, like they're they're doing a major restock. It also seems like Walmart's going to be the main retailer for AEW figures. Um, it sounds like they're kind of phasing out of Targets a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is um, Jazzwares Vault. Apparently, it's supposed to launch early 2024, and they are going to have like. Brandon Cutler is going to be a one of 5,000. The bunny is going to be a one of 5,000. I'm assuming Alex Reynolds is going to be a one in 5,000. Like Abaddon is going to be a one in 5,000. They are allocating a certain number of those one in 5,000s to Jazzware Vault. And I, I hate that they're doing that with characters, Mm -hmm. but I do like that there's going to be a place to get them. Yeah. So hopefully it's not going to be like Um, a nightmare trying to order them and the worst thing that they could have done for me the fucking ring of honor figures are going to be one in five thousands yep and like i'm gonna try to get them um fortunately like i'm I'm not worried about danhausen i'm not gonna get that one i got the very nice very easeful one coming in but like the brian danielson like man if you're gonna have that ring of honor cm punk i really feel like you're gonna need that ring of honor brian danielson right um so i'm it's good that it's going to be in a place that you can get them. Um, hopefully, Jazzwares figures out their distribution issues they've been having over the last couple of years. Um, AEW has a lot of really cool figures coming out. Um, I'm really excited about the acclaimed one. I have they have so many ringside exclusives up right now. Uh, Hook, Wheeler Yuta, Danhausen, um, the acclaimed. Uh, I'm sure uh, Ricky Starks and Guevara both have ones. That, or no, not not Starks, just Guevara does. Um, but like a lot of really cool figures coming out through ringside exclusive. Um, and then Jazzware vaults coming out. They have, um, a Malachi black and ring gear. That's going to be a Supreme. That seems like it's going to be Jazzware exclusive. And the death triangle three pack looks dope as fuck. It's in like a triangle package that mm-hmm. folds out. It looks cool. I'm not going to get it. Cause I have a pock and I have Pinton. I have the Supremes of the Lucha brothers. I'm good. Yeah. But it's super cool. Um, but yeah, that's, Wrestling with articulation. Sometimes we get a little bit more for this segment if you're new to the show. 
Um, it's just we went way over our time. I'm I'm already very nervous that this is going to make fit in one upload, so we're going to cut it off there. Um, if there is more, we'll probably just load up next week yep. with it as well. I'm so, sure nothing bad uh, will happen. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us for an extra long episode. Part of it was kind of a bummer, but there was some fun stuff in there, too. Uh, so hopefully we will see you next week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Mr. D. Anthony, N-P-O-T-R. Uh, I am the five-star man. That's what the number five, the show is at nerdiest part. Uh, let us know what you thought of the shows, what you thought of the matches, uh, who's, you know, what's your power positivity for the week, any of that. But until next week, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and as always, watch more wrestling.